Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Sergio Adams. And Sergio is, is running for Albany Common Council in the 7th Ward. So, Sergio, how are you? We haven't seen each other in a while. Yes, Cynthia. Thank you for having me on. I am doing very well. Um, it's always a pleasure to be back on the show, um, enjoy Thank our you. conversations and our talk. So, um, you know, glad to be here, and I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Great. So uh, this is the second time you decided to run for Common Council. Um, what made you decide to go for a second try? Well, Cynthia, um, as you know, when I ran before, it was – a grassroots, really from the bottom um, campaign um, where I had to and the team had to work really hard to get my name out there and be involved as much as possible. And when I ran before, uh, we had a lot of great feedback and support from people um, throughout the ward. And by the end of the campaign, um, we came very close to winning. And one of the biggest takeaways um, that I had was the work still needed to be done. And so after that election, um, I continued to just work in the community, um, try to find issues and find things that I can get involved with uh, to provide solutions to the ward, but also to the city of Albany. So, of course, when this election came up, um, I – I had my mind made up of running and um, continuing what I started four years ago. So, so when the first time you ran to this time, would you say the issues are still the same? I would definitely say the issues are still the same. Um, the issues that I brought up and mentioned um, four years ago, are still very relevant today, and people are still waiting for those things to be addressed. So um, we are at a point now where um, some of those things are now on the table, um, you know, such as the housing um, proposals that have just been passed, well, just been uh, proposed recently. Excuse me. So housing is one issue. What are the other issues? that have compelled you to stay in the race? It's the quality of life issues for me um, because no matter if it's um, residents in the ward um, talking about the the trash, um, the issue of trash in our, our ward and the mm-hmm. um, litter that is building up on the streets, um, whether it's them or it's me walking um, the streets every day and seeing it for myself. So I know that these issues are still um, not being addressed, but, you know, for me it's rebringing these issues up back to the table, speaking to residents about them, and getting support and engagement behind it so that we can um, make some changes. So, you know, campaigning is totally different than it was when you ran four years ago. How has COVID changed the way you you um, 
campaign today? I would say it's it takes a lot it takes it's taking a lot more preparation um, to do things because you have to now um, consider and take into account um, people's comfortability in terms of uh, interaction. Um, again, we have a good amount of a elderly population um, in our ward, so you know waiting and reaching out to them to make sure that they were comfortable um, speaking in person or whether it was on the phone. Um, but I think has been the, the prep time and making sure that events are planned ahead, um, making sure that um, safety is top priority uh, while we're either petitioning or going canvassing um, and making sure that the the campaign is being effective um, when it comes to reaching people because, um, you know, as we talked about before we got on, um, the campaign season was kind of shortened um, because of COVID. So um, a few years back when I ran, the primary election was in September. Um, now we're dealing with a primary in June, and when we are just coming out of a, um, a cold winter, um, it really makes things a lot tougher because you want to make sure that you're taking the opportunity uh, on nice days um, to be able to get out and reach as many people as possible. Um, also to that, um, running a campaign during a uh, pandemic also uh, affects the fundraising um, because we're not able to have um, in-person gatherings, we have to be very innovative and um, just coming up with all different types of things to either get people's attention, um, to remind people of the events coming up. And so, again, um, all that kind of ties back to the preparation, but a lot of people are, again, um, low on money. So um, when you are normally, normally during campaign races, you have organizations, unions, um, different um, people who are donating to the campaigns. And uh, mm -hmm. right now um, it seems like not too many are in the position to do so. So, um, again, it, it makes fundraising a little bit more difficult, but um, – we still got to do it. So um, lucky enough, we have been coming up with um, virtual campaigns and virtual events um, where we're able to reach people and talk to people and, um, you know, still find ways to reach people who are not on social media as well. So, so from, excuse me, I think I'm catching a cold. So from four years ago to to today, do you still the people that you met four years ago? Are they still in the, in this ward? Did you know a lot of people yeah. as you were? So that's a plus, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, I'm quite surprised um, sometimes by the amount of people who actually um, stayed in the ward since. Um, 2017, 
Um, I will say that, you know, and you're familiar with it um, being a resident, um, you know, part of our ward is majority renters. And so we do lose a lot of people uh, either every year or every other year um, because renters move a lot and the price of housing is continuing to go up. But, you know, the 7th Ward is one of the most desirable places uh, in Albany to live. Um, so, you know, people want to live here. And so I'm glad to see, you know, when I'm knocking on doors, uh, people are like, hey, Sergio, I-, I voted for you last time. You know, good to see you out again. You know, it it brings more um, confidence in what we're doing, and it shows that the message is um, resonating with people but also getting out. Um, you know, I'm walking down the street speaking to people, and people are pulling over in their cars saying, hey, you're Sergio Adams, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, this is me, and we get into a conversation. And so, um, you know, those interactions are, you know, the best to me. So, you know, like you said, I live in the Seventh Ward, and I live right by Lincoln Park. So can you tell me what's going on in Lincoln Park? Um, are things improving? Um, things are moving in. Things are moving in terms of the um, Lincoln Park um, redevelopment. Um, so there is a group um, that started that I got in touch with, the Lincoln Park Alliance. Um, mm-hmm. It's a community-based organization, and they're committed to preserving and the improvement of Lincoln Park for residents um, not only in the Seventh Ward but, you know, also to the South End. But um, they recently had a meeting um, where they spoke about the ravine. And for me, I live on, you know, Park Ave, so the ravine is right there in front of, on, right in front of my street. And they had the water department come out, and they had a presentation on the project, uh, which is, this project would be the largest um, project that the department um, has had in history. So this is a really big project. Um, it's going through phases, but they're really looking for community input. And so during the campaign, I've been bringing this up at the doors, letting people know mm-hmm. that there is a group that's looking for community input. They're working with the planning department. They're working with the water department um, to ask questions, but also um, provide some solutions and ideas. And so we're currently looking at some of the designs, and uh, so far what has been released is the um, a drawing of the Lincoln um, Park basketball courts. So as you know, the mm-hmm. court um, further down by Lincoln Park Tower, excuse me, Lincoln Towers, um, they're looking to redo that. And what's great about that is, you know, we have the um, – the, um, what is that building, the, um, excuse me, the the building right on Green Street um, where, where it's supposed to be like a school and stuff, but they're okay. connecting that um, to the basketball court to allow for more access for the community. So right now that mm-hmm. building sits behind Lincoln Tower, so it's very hard to see on Warren Avenue, 
but the whole part is connecting residents um, to these resources. And so the basketball court um, is going to be changed around where it's going to be three courts. Um, also, um, they're looking at a pavilion and an amphitheater inside the park. And so they're looking for this to start um, sometime in the spring. And there's a, I believe, a $2.1 uh, million dollar budget uh, for all these projects. So now, when you when mm-hmm. you say amph- when you say amphitheater, will they have live entertainment? That that's the hopes of of the of the adding the amphitheater to the park is to get more of the um, art into the park um, to be able to allow for uh, community organizations and residents to host events and do stuff like that. Um, inside somewhere. Um, as you know, there's nowhere in Lincoln Park um, currently to really have a indoor event. So um, I think that will be a huge um, addition to the park. And then, so, you know, you also have the Lincoln Park yeah, map, so, the Lincoln pool. Right. Now, has that been fixed? You know, the, the pool is still crumbling and um, losing uh, lots of water daily. Um, so it's it's something that has been identified as needing to be replaced, and the city has a grant uh, to create a new design. The Department of Recreation is leading the redesign, um, I believe, along with uh, some consulting firms. So, um, again, we're looking for community input on these things, um, but the pool has to be redeveloped because it's it's costing us way too much. And there's a lot of uh, water that's that's wasted, right? Right, very much. Tons, tons of water. Wow. So you know, I've lived across the street from the from Lincoln Park now since 2009, and you know, I see a couple of things going on. You know, during the summer. But nothing like nothing like Washington Park, and I was told that years ago, before the Empire State Plaza, they used to do the fireworks in Lincoln Park. Would you consider Lincoln Park underutilized? Most definitely, um, I, I would consider it um, underutilized. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that way. Um, I think which is why, you know, at this point we're putting so much focus on this um, master plan and redevelopment um, besides the fact that, you know, the um, sewage issue is a big reason um, for this project. Um, I still think that Lincoln Park needs to be more utilized, just like we have Tulip Fest and the breast cancer um, awareness walk and stuff at Washington Park. Uh, we can be having the same type of events and activities um, at Lincoln at Lincoln Park. It's a big enough park, and um, you know we need to get more people um, outside, and um, especially with the kids, providing more activities for them um, that live right there in that neighborhood. I, I totally agree with you. A number of years ago. I had spoken to 
Kathy Fahey, who's retiring from the Camera Council. And I asked her nothing big, but just to, just to fix the steps because the steps were at that point, you know, a disaster waiting to happen. And she kept saying, oh, we don't have the money, we don't have the money. And then all of a sudden the stairs were fixed and then all this other stuff came up. Uh, what do you think about that? How come from no money to all these grand plans? Um, you know, I think it's, it comes down to the um, maybe the state or wherever they got the money from um, for these grants um, just being available. Um, I've noticed more um, more focus being put on recreational events and parks um, in the area. Um, so when the steps and um, the ramp was included um, down in Lincoln Park in the bowl, um, I was just happy to see that it was finally done. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's still, you know, accessibility issues um, when it comes to Lincoln Park, but hopefully in this master plan um, we can address those and make sure that the parks are getting the resources that it needs. And, um you know, since then, um, I've, I've definitely seen a more of an increase of people um, inside the park. So, um, as you can see, if you build access to it, they will come. And uh, that's what the plan is about, um, attracting more people to the park and getting more use out of it. So, if the park was functional, kind of like Washington Park, what do you think that's going to do for the seventh ward? Well, I think it'll bring a lot more um, attract. It'll bring more people um, to the seventh ward. Again, as I mentioned, you know our ward is um, very desirable to live, and our portion of the ward where you and I both live um, is a very um, hot spot in terms of living because we do have the access to the park. We do have the access, uh, quick access to Lincoln Park. Um, so I'm hoping that more people will move into the ward. Um, I'm also hoping that more businesses uh, come into the ward um, along Morton Avenue as well as Delaware Avenue. Um, again, we have such a diverse neighborhood. Um, a lot of things can can come from this, and I just hope that it's um, in the positive direction. And hopefully now, you, it's not in uh, gentrification. So as you walk through your wards, do you see a lot of buildings with X's on them? Um, not too many with X's. Um, it's more so just um, we have either their um, just vacant lots, or the or um, or the houses are. Um, boarded up, but it doesn't have an X on them, surprisingly. So it's a lot of vacant homes um, in our ward. But then there's a push to have, you know, luxury housing built. Um, That doesn't do anything for the vacant housing, right? No, it doesn't. And um, unfortunately, just yesterday, um, while I was out um, canvassing, Right on Catherine Street, um, behind the elbow room, 
Um, another um, house was just taken down. It was a multifamily house. Um, it was taken down due to um, the landlord um, abandoning it for over a decade, um, according to the next-door neighbors. And now it's, uh, it's about to be a vacant lot as of tomorrow once they clean up the debris. So when we're seeing um, vacant buildings staying for too long, and then being torn down, becoming vacant lots, but we're also seeing the increase of luxury housing being built. You know, my focus is trying to get um, infill housing built. Um, that's that's the focus of what we need to do with some of these properties is just infill. Um, instead of having these luxury apartments that people in our neighborhood um can't afford because of the price is too high and the units are too small to accommodate a family size, um, infill housing is that next best thing. And that's why um, re-looking at the USDO and the zoning um, is very important. Tell me something. You just raised an interesting question. The, the rents, I'm sure, are too high. Is there enough employment in the capital district to warrant all these new buildings? I, high, I personally high rents. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, it's it's perplexing at, at sometimes because um, I don't believe um, that there is enough. Um, opportunities um, for people to get employment to afford those uh, 13, 14, 16, $1,800 rent. Uh, you know, we all know who are, who are the biggest employers in the city of Albany. And, you know, when you're looking at the people who live in our neighborhoods, it's the working class uh, individuals. We have nurses um, that live throughout the seventh floor because you know, Albany Med is right there. Uh, but right. we also have people who are just cleaners in the hospital. We have people who are uh, working in the schools. We have people who work various different jobs. But, again, the rents the rent that um, these developments are coming up with are still way too high. And as you may have heard, there is a proposal for – um, another building um, right on on Holland, uh, and that unit is, I believe, a one and two bedroom um, unit. So again, um, when you're having small units and the neighborhood is calling for more bigger size units, um, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard to uh, you know find people to put in those. Um, apartments, but I'm hoping that again, the city of Albany, we can uh, make our city move our city forward to be able to attract more people here, but also again focusing on more affordable housing. Now, um, what area is the seventh ward in? Tell everybody where you where your your ward is exactly. Yeah. So the seventh ward encompass it starts on the um, northern part 
of Delaware Avenue and Elm Street, uh, covering Elm, Irving, um, Dove Street, um, South Swan, um, going down um, Delaware, covering the top part of Morton Avenue, as well as uh, Holland, continuing to go down Delaware Avenue. It covers all the side streets, uh, Barclay, Summit Avenue, Federal, St. James. Um, it wraps around um, Holland Avenue coming up um, towards Academy Road. It also covers the end of 2nd Avenue neighborhood, uh, Whitehall, uh, Marxwell Street. So it's a fairly big um, ward, uh, but we do have a a lot of institutions, schools um, within our ward that takes up a lot of space. State's College, of course, Albany Law. Right. So in our final moment, Sergio, if somebody wants to donate to your campaign, volunteer for your campaign, how can they do so? Um, the best way to do so, um, if they have not gotten my information, is to either uh, follow me on Facebook at Sergio Adams, S-E-R-G-I-O Adams, A-D-A-M-S, on Facebook. On Facebook, I have all my links um, to donate at Blue and um, also volunteer sign-ups. Petitioning is over. We're still going out every day, knocking on doors, reaching residents. So volunteers want to come out and walk with me or do phone banking. Um, they can also reach me um, on Facebook. But my website also has the volunteer sheet, um, which is Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O, the number four, council.com. And so you can go right. on the website. It's updated. It has um, podcasts, um, which yours will be uploaded there, too, um, so people can check out the story on the website. It also mm -hmm. has uh, a resource page. So for people who are living in the 7th Ward and you need to know where a pantry, you need to know um, who to call in the cases of water emergency, uh, we have a resource page with all that information up there for people to utilize as well. Great. Sergio, the best of luck. And one one last question. Are you having fun? I'm having a great time. Um, I love speaking with people. Um, I love campaigning. Um, this is the funnest part. So um, I'm having a blast. Terrific. You've been listening to Sergio Adams, who's running the Common Council in the 7th Ward. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany, and if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Sergio, good luck, and we'll be seeing each other. Have a great day, and yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much.